is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Alex Robertson, we continue the conversation of asking questions. We also discuss a strange loop, gut instinct versus analytics, the practice of reflection, his money manifestation playlist, and the power of saying no. We also touch on community and family. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Alex Robertson. How have you gotten better at asking? Asking for permission, asking for money, asking questions. This is a really good question. Um, I struggle so hard with asking for help. It is one of my biggest downfalls, I believe, is in extreme times of doubt, at the end of the day, I know I have a great support system, but sometimes it is so hard for me to extend that ask because for me, it it reads um, internally as failure. And I know it's not failure if I need to ask for help, but for some reason, um, it, it can feel that way when you feel that, oh, I didn't have everything inside of me to accomplish the thing I needed to do. Um, but the way you twist that is looking at it's not that you didn't have everything in you, it's that you have everything in you and you also have a community of people around you who also support you. And it is okay and so encouraged to reach out to that community so you can all together make your best dreams come true. So I think um, in terms of asking, I've gotten a lot better. I think it was really hard for me to rip the bandaid off and sort of be okay with failing, but I have failed. It has happened already, even in the short period of time that I've been working on projects and raising for things, it has happened. And it was the scariest thing for me to actively admit hey, I failed on this one thing. And in that moment, it was a great learning lesson from the people who I was dealing with because they gave the opportunity to, um, to remind me that they have been doing it for a long time and that nothing I'm experiencing is new and nothing I'm experiencing is something that other people don't go through. Um, Cause I did feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm doing this alone. Like I'm a failure. Like everyone else can just do these things with the drop of a hat. And um, it really was great to be reassured that, you know, you can, you can fail and you can ask for help and that is okay. It is not the end of the world, even though it may seem that way sometimes. Um, so I've gotten a lot better with being able to say, hey, uh, like, I need this or would you be able to do this or hey like could we you know could we talk about this um and what I realized is the worst thing that can happen is the word no and once you are no longer afraid of the word no there is so much power in that um from being uh, a professional actor and training that way, we go on so many auditions and from such a young age, we're, we're, we're taught to become this um, almost like shell that is able to deflect any and every point of criticism. Mm -hmm. um, and 
it's it's interesting what that builds in terms of relating it to how you ask for things. I felt that from that actor training perspective, that it was hard for me to ask for things because I was scared to receive a no. And once I realized it's okay to receive no's, I like getting a no because you know what? The no teaches me that there is another path I can take. There is another door I can go open. And sometimes that no is the push you need to put you in the right direction. Damn. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, all I can say is that I agree. That's yeah, that, yeah, that's it. Another, I love this. It's the secrets of life right here. Yeah. At least as it pertains to entertainment. I, um, I'm curious how you joined and congratulations, a strange loop. This is exciting. Yes. A Broadway producing <laughs> debut. Um, yeah. What was that? What was that journey to joining the show? Uh, the journey was actually pretty long, um, or maybe not historically long, but long to me in terms of how I have been um, seeking out projects. Um, I knew about A Strange Loop from its 2019 off-Broadway run. Um, I had listened to the cast album and it was something that I absolutely adored. Um, and um, one of my mentors actually was, um, speaking with me in the fall time and he said that he had talked with someone who was on the show um and they were looking for someone to uh, chat with about uh, potentially joining um and so i got on a zoom call with this person and we chatted about um what they were looking for and this person was actually just um they were a co-producer and they were raising for the uh woolly mammoth production and uh i I really, really like the show and I'm not an accredited investor. So it's not something I could have personally invested in. And I felt that if I were going to be a part of the show, I wanted to be a part of it in a bigger way. Um, and so I expressed that and I was able to get a meeting with Barbara Whitman, the lead producer and Jimmy Wilson. Um, and it was so great to talk with both of them because they're both such amazing, wonderful, nice people. Uh, but it was great to not only express my interest of being a young producer, but also explain how much I loved the idea that they were even bringing a show like this to Broadway, a show about a black queer writer writing a musical about a black queer writer writing a musical about a black queer writer is not exactly um, the type of story you see uh, told really anywhere. Uh, so the fact that this big, beautiful celebration of um, what it means to own yourself and your individuality um, was really something that I felt strongly about being a part of. And especially being a young Black producer, I don't know how many, I mean, not that I not that I know the number off the top of my head, but there aren't a lot of Black producers and specifically young Black producers, if that. Um, and so I knew that, I mean, it, it could be likely that I may be one of the few, if the only, um, which I am not, which is so great because Barbara recognized that she wanted to do a project like this with the intention of bringing in more producers of color and more um, people who typically weren't given this opportunity uh, which I think is so um, so special and so important because there aren't other, uh, I mean, there are many other producers who aren't opening the doors in that way. Um, and for me, just getting started, it was nothing more than a dream for them to say, hey, we would like you on our team. 
Um, and it did take months of me emailing <laughs> and checking in periodically um, of saying, hey, just checking in. Um, I really would like to be a part of the show. Um, just let me know. And they would always be like, yeah, like we, we'd love to have you. We're just still working out some things um, with the whole uh confirming the whole team. Um, and by February, it actually had passed the date in which I knew that the first amount of the raise was supposed to be due. So then I thought that, oh my gosh, like maybe they just like, they needed to move on without me or like, you know, I didn't take it personally. It was just kind of like, oh, I, I guess maybe I won't be on the project. Lo and behold, not too long, of a couple days later, I receive an email that says that I um, uh, they'd like to invite me to join the co-producing team. Um, and it was a crazy experience to realize like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna make my Broadway producing debut. And if that with the Pulitzer Prize winning musical that I adore. Um, and it's been this wild journey for me uh, to sort of, not feel like um you know the what's the phrase when you don't feel like you belong somewhere even though you do like imposter syndrome imposter syndrome yes it has been very easy for me to experience imposter syndrome in these spaces because it feels like there's all these industry players who have done this for so long and here i am just kind of walking into it <laughs> like right, and right, um right this really has been the moment for me to realize like, oh my gosh, like I can do this and I can make a career out of this. And um, I think my mission has definitely expanded and I'm so grateful that this will be my start. Um, but I'm really excited for the future and to, uh, to be a part of more really great projects that not only have a great impact, but are also great pieces of work and art. Mm. How many decisions are you making based on intuition and gut response versus um, a mental, maybe analytic kind of thought process? Or are the two one and the same for you? I think I, um, I believe I have a really good gut instinct when it comes to making decisions. Um, okay. However, what those decisions are rooted in typically lean on the analytical side. Um, when I am deciding on if I want to work on a project, often because this is a business, it comes from a place of analytics. Like, is this something that can make its money back? Is it something that um, I can go to an investor and say, hey, like this is a project that you wanna get in on? Or is it something that has a really expensive life? Um, and the other part of this conversation is we're dealing with art. There's not necessarily um, uh, a clear way to track what, uh, what art is going to look like in a business model. Um, so for me, as someone who's also coming at things from a creative lens, I have to sort of look at what is that gut instinct about how I feel about the nature of the content and also how that um, relates to how it would do commercially. And I have actually on both sides put 
one or the other aside. There have been projects where I saw the impact of the show and I saw that it was important, but I didn't necessarily feel that it was commercially viable. Those are the projects that I um, I think are important for the nature of our, our art form expanding and moving into the future, which is why I support them. Um, and I'm not in this business to make money. I, most of us aren't, um, you know, like making money as a producer is not necessarily like an easy path. Um, and we don't make money unless the show makes money. So that's also the reality. And so when I'm working on shows, like, yeah, there are some shows that I can look at and say, oh, this is a great financial decision, but also that is not the end all be all. And I think it really sort of takes looking at the piece for what it is and how you feel about it and um, deciding for yourself, is this something that you're willing to take the artistic risk or the financial risk with? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting balance, especially with art because there's really no way until you see yeah. it or until other people see it. Cause the way I respond is different than the way you respond or the way someone else mm -hmm. responds. So that's, yeah. Are there changes you've made that have increased positivity and decreased negativity in your life? Ooh, changes I've made. I think a positive change that I've made um, is the active practice of reflection um, I think that I was going, going, going and never sat down to look at all that I had accomplished and all that I had gone through to, uh, to realize like, hey, you've been doing this. You've been, you've been making strides and you should right. realize that that's important and that's special. Yeah. Um, and so like one of those things was making that whiteboard in my apartment where we have all the quotes and mantras and things like that. Um, I actually have a playlist that I made. Um, <laughs> Clay knows that <laughs> it's actually, it's deemed my money manifestation playlist. Um, but it's really a playlist of songs that all have a through line of a, of, um, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish, uh, like in the short term for one of my short term girl goals. Um, and basically this is a playlist that I will play every day at some point in the day. And it is just an active reminder of what I'm trying to go after. And, um, I've found that just for my mental health, that has been a great way to keep me out of the funk, uh, of like, Oh, can I do this? Can I accomplish these things? Like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, it really has been sort of the balance of, you know, I may not always know, but I, I know that I can keep going. And it's great to look back and look a year ago, I actively said, oh my gosh, I don't think I could raise $75,000. It was the scariest thing to me. And on the show that I was uh, working on as a co-producer, that was my minimum uh, raise. And for any normal Broadway show, the minimum raise is around 250,000. And it is so crazy that now a year later, that number no longer scares me because I realized I had the potential all along in me to do it. All I had to do was set out on that journey. So that's that's on the positive side. Um, uh, 
getting, I guess you said that getting rid of negativity, like how am I filtering that out? Um, I've, I've taken a healthier approach to social media lately. Um, I used to be very um, active in terms of telling people in the moment what was going on. And I realized um, that there is so much um, love in keeping things for yourself. I wasn't keeping things and the special things I was working on for myself. And once I realized that, you know, there's nothing wrong in working on something that is precious to you. And when you feel like you want to share that, sharing it. Um, with social media, I felt like, oh, for people to know I'm doing stuff in the industry, like if I'm working on this project, like I need to post about it now. But now I sort of look at it and it's like, oh no, I can go back and post something from months ago and be like, hey, I did this amazing thing. Like I like I've like reflected, I've moved on. I'm in a place where like this is something I want to share. Um, and I think that's that's allowed me to have a healthier relationship with what I'm accomplishing too, because now I don't feel the pressure of like, oh, I'm just trying to make a deadline of one upping myself every time or seeming like everything is going well. Cause like, if you look at social media, it is a highlight reel. I'm not telling you all the times I'm struggling. I'm not showing you um, me being in my car, like with all my stuff in it. I'm not showing you those days where maybe I couldn't afford a meal before I had a job. Like, those are real things that were struggle points that, I mean, I feel comfortable sharing if anyone asks, but it is not the way that we present ourselves on the internet. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's, it's smart having that distance, keeping a distance, keeping it at an arm's length, because it's not real. It's not real. So. It's not real. Is there a common piece of incorrect advice you hear frequently? in your field, in producing, or in life? Uh, yes, actually. Um, and this is, it's funny because this is actually a piece of advice that I, I sort of felt that I, I followed a lot, actually. Um, and that is to say yes to everything. When I was going through school, I was, I had the idea that I had to say yes to anything and everything. That was how I was going to make my, make my network. That was how I was going to establish my community. And that was how I was going to ultimately build my career as an actor. Because if you graduate and you don't know anyone, like that's not really going to set you up to um, start in the way that you want to start in New York. Um, so I said yes to anything and everything that was ever offered to me. Um, and I used to preach that that is a really good idea and that that will ultimately lead you to where you want to be. Yeah. I can say that all of those yeses that I made, I do not regret. And they have ultimately led me to where I want it to be. But I think this say yes to everything came from a place of um, actors feeling like they didn't have the power to say no. Hmm. And in my recent years, I have realized that the power of saying no is so important and something that should be practiced because I almost was conditioned to say yes, whether I wanted to or not. And that caused me to accept projects that burnt me out or projects um, that I really didn't want to be involved in, but it, you know, I had to keep 
keep up that idea that I, I said yes to something, I committed to something, and I need to keep up that commitment. Um, and I've realized that there is there's so much power in saying no, and like that it is important for you to only say yes to things that you feel will grow you or support you. And if you do not feel like it will grow and or support you in any way, I don't think it's something you should be saying yes to. If it is something that is simply going to be taxing on you and ultimately just take from you, then that is not you using your artistic vessel in the way that you should be. You're just allowing people to abuse it. But the more you can actively say, hey, these are things I can do and these are things I won't do, that is the way that um, people will set themselves up not to be burnt out or um, brushed aside or uh, honestly taken advantage of really because that that opens the door for people to automatically assume that this person's always going to say yes to things. So um, that's kind of a, a piece of advice that I would deter against because, you know, you can say no. In life, what's most important to you? It's funny you say that. I actually, the first word that pops to mind is community. Um, and in community, I think I can also relate the word family because that's how I view community. I view community as a family. Um, I love my immediate family dearly and they're my greatest supporters. And the people who are around my family, my family friends and my regular friends and my professors, uh, it, colleagues, whoever, um, that community is so important to me and really the thing that keeps me going, um, especially someone who's involved in the arts. I'm not producing shows because I want to see them. I'm producing them because they have an impact on other people. And I know that impact is important because I experienced it myself as a young person. So if there is a show that someone is able to come in and sit down for two and a half hours and forget that they are not having the best time of their life outside of that environment of a theater, that, that's what I want to be able to provide. Um, I saw this great analogy about how you go to a doctor to get your body fixed, but you go to the theater to get your soul fixed. That is where you get your soul healed. Um, and I think that was such a great, a great analogy. And I, I really do think that like we are the doctors of the soul and it is our mission to help heal the soul. Um, and, you know, not everything has to be entertaining or um, has to be soul healing, but I really do think personally, my mission is to make art and theater that really does build that community um, and really build people up because um, you're nothing without your community and the people around you. And um, yeah, it's just really important to me. Metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? <laughs> it's the mantra that I said earlier, uh, but you are enough. If I could literally rent out the biggest billboard in Times Square and just put that there just to stay, like I would do it because it's, it's so simple, but it is the most beautiful reminder that people often forget that they are special and they are worthy. Um, how many times are people told that they are worthy of existence rather than only receiving the negatives of not feeling that they fit in or um, 
you know, feeling that they, in a way, aren't inherently normal or average or whatever it is to for them to feel like they belong in society. Alex, this conversation is fantastic. I'm so glad that we could sit down and talk today. Is there anything yeah. else you want to add? Um, shout outs, call outs, anything before we wrap it up here today? Yeah, I just want to say, I mean, hey, for anyone who's listening and enjoy this conversation, you can find more information about me on my website at a-robertson.com. That is once again, a-robertson.com. I also am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. You can find me. Um, my Instagram is at Alexander E. Robertson. And once again, that is at Alexander E. Robertson. Um, and once again, I want to leave with you are enough to everyone listening and everything is going to be okay. People of the world, Alex People of the world. Robertson. <laughs> Thank you so much, Clay. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.